Hi everyone, welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast in partnership with Fantastic Najahi. So I'm very, very pleased to say we now have a sponsor for the podcast and only after six months of putting it together. So Najahi, they're a famous events company here in the UAE and they bring big celebrities here that can add value to people's lives. So guess who's coming next? Tony Robbins and they'll be bringing him and uh, if you haven't got your tickets yet for when Tony comes in September at the Coca-Cola Arena, I suggest you go and get them very, very quickly because they're selling out fast. All right, in this episode of the podcast, I got the chance to interview the accidental superstar on social media, Rowan Bin Hussein, a young lady from Q8 who really did become a social media star by accident and has turned it into a thriving business. But before I ramble on and tell you way too much, cue the music and let's get on with it. Thank you for coming on the show. I can't believe it. We've got a 22-year-old girl from Kuwait that the whole world seems to know about. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know about you until a few days ago. So how does a guy like me that produces content on social media not know who you are? Maybe because the content I post is um, more around lifestyle of a young girl, about fashion and beauty, and I don't think you would be interested in such... So you think you think, Such that, content? you think maybe I'm not into fashion and beauty? Uh, not a you don't even know. In a female uh, fashion, no. So, so you're 22 years old. You're from Kuwait. Mm-hmm. You're all over social media mm-hmm. in ways that people only dream about. Mm-hmm. But there's brains behind this person, isn't there? Because you just recently studied law. Mm-hmm. I just graduated. And you graduated. Mm-hmm. And what, what was the driver for that? So I grew up uh, loving law and I always wanted to be a lawyer. I grew up in a family of lawyers and um, law is universal. It's everywhere. It's the way we're speaking now. It's the way we behave. The way this universe is, is working. It's all ki- kind of governed by some kind of law. Uh, So I wanted to study law. I chose London because it's a city that is the hub of the world. And I love English law. I'm fascinated by the English legal system. So I moved to London four years ago. And on the way from LA to London, I became famous overnight. So... How? How? Okay. So I had a high school sweetheart. Uh Puppy love. Yeah. And he cheated on me because he posted a, uh, <laughs> it's so embarrassing, a picture of a, uh, holding a girl's hand. So I wanted to take revenge. So what's a better revenge than showing off on social media and showing your, your ex-partner that you're traveling around the world? So I was in LA and I was going th- around sta- the States and I was posting random pictures of me and, and poems about him. Uh, on the flight from LA to Kuwait, because I wanted to move my things from there to London, I arrived in the airport and the immigration officers recognized me. I didn't know what's going on. I went home, my father was going nuts, because he doesn't like it. He's a traditional Kuwaiti, he doesn't like it when his, his daughter has her pictures and her videos all over social media. It's not really something that is acceptable in a conservative society. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, uh, NBC, 
which is one of the biggest broadcasting channels, uh, has taken my pictures and my poems and my articles and posted it on their platforms, calling me the Kuwaiti writer that looks like Bookshields. So I was trending as someone who's Kuwaiti but looks European or looks like a famous American model. And, and was that a good thing for the Kuwaiti people to think that you might be connected or that Brookshields might be secretly in an ancestry Kuwaiti as well? Well, I, I love her so much, but uh, it was understood because I was, I'm half Palestinian, so they would understand that the Palestinian blood um, has affected the way I look now. But um, so I became famous by mistake, by accident. I never planned it, I never wanted it, and I never wanted to be um, someone who has to work in the fashion or beauty or social media uh, field. And, uh, but it happened, and I love it, I enjoy it, it is the new it thing, and um, yeah. So you had, you had essentially standard Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff, yeah. social media channels. You've fallen in love with someone, the, the boy's done the dirty on you. Mm. Okay, you found out, and so like any young person, how old were you when this happened? 19. Okay, so nine, I've got a 19-year-old daughter, so I can just imagine how she would react. I know her boyfriend, George, so <laughs> God forbid he ever does anything bad. <laughs> so I know how she, she would react, which is very typical for someone who's young and just hasn't, hasn't got a huge amount of experience in mm. life. And so... No, but it wasn't bad, it was so lovely. Like, I was writing about him like writing poetry about someone you love. It wasn't really oh, so aggressive. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't aggressive. It wasn't mean the, stuff. The, no, the, <laughs> okay. the ex, the, the six months ago ex is the mean, okay. aggressive social media scene that I unfortunately did. So then well, why, why, did, why, it, well, why did NBC pick it up? What was great about it for them, do you think? What was you know what? I don't even know. And I st until this day, I don't really know who even told NBC about this girl that had 6,000 followers. Like, I don't even know how they found my Instagram or found my pictures or how do they even talk about me without my permission. Because, you know, if you're not a famous person and someone just takes your pictures and publishes them, yeah and millions are watching, at least you would tell them. Yeah. I wasn't even told, so. So it just happened, you found out from a third party? I saw it, it was all over the news. How did you feel in that moment? Did, it, did, it, did, you, did you have a, a secret hint of excitement about it or was there part of you saying? No, it was scary. Okay. Because it wasn't a moment of fame, it was basically within a week you have 150,000 follower within a month you have 300,000 follower in four years you have four million followers so the the big increase in numbers is just insane that your brain cannot really function with it and um, yeah but hold on a minute o over four years there's mm -hmm. a there's a build-up you start to become aware at the beginning you're not though at the beginning of course. it's kind so of like the first what's year, going on? I just moved to London and I had no friends and no family so imagine b living in a foreign country and the weather wasn't that great, and you just went to you were just going to school. It wasn't that great? You mean it was lousy? <laughs> it, <laughs> was, <laughs> it was rainy, and it, no, it was shocking for me. I was in California, uh -huh. um, and then you have you're getting ten thousand, twenty thousand comments a day from strangers. Half of them love you, half of them hate you, and are cursing at you, and 
are calling you names. So imagine how I felt like, and I had no support system around me. So if maybe if I was in Kuwait by then, I would have family members who would support me and who I would go to and complain about whatever I'm going through. But I went through everything by my own, alone. Um, it was hard, it was so challenging. I made so many mistakes, but... Uh, Let's just stop here for a second. I, I, I want to go into a bit of detail mm, here. Mm. You, you get people that write nice things, so we all like that, don't mm. we? So it's nice people write mm. nice things, and then you've got people that write bad stuff. Yeah. Now, you're seasoned and you're a pro now, so you know how to deal with it. Mm. But at the beginning, mm. when you started to get some of that hate, yeah. how did it, I mean, 19-year-old kid, how does it make you yeah. feel? So I've been bullied in middle school and in high school for not being the perfect size zero or not looking like any other typical girl in school. Uh, and I was bullied in, in, in university in California. So, but I was never bullied and I never faced trolls on social media. So for me reading nasty comments about the way I look or about being, for example, half Palestinian or being too white or being overweight is not really the nicest thing you can go through as a 19 year old. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was just shocked. I was crying the whole time. I cut my hair really short because I hated the way I looked. Uh, I was eating unhealthy. I was not going to uni the first year. Um, and it was just too much. It was it was the new city, being lonely, being abroad, and and having social media all of a sudden all over you. Um, so. How long did it take to, for you to adjust? Then you say a year of not even going to uni that much. Mm. So you weren't benefiting from the the education. You're feeling mm. down on yourself. Mm. But when, when did you get to a point where you were you started to say? Hold on a minute here. Mm. There's, there's, there's maybe some value in this, and maybe I shouldn't take this, mm. this poison and negativity maybe to heart like, like we all do at the beginning. Yeah. So the first year I was doing my foundation year at King's College, and yeah. it, it wasn't really, like it wasn't really heavy studying, but uh, I didn't really go to uni as much, and I didn't see the value of social media. I was just seeing, I'm posting a picture. It's, it's either. People will either like it or they will hate me. But uh, within a year, I started to get emails from big brands, being invited to fashion weeks, um, working with brands that I've always wanted to work with, going to photo shoots. Ha I had my own YouTube uh, show with Maybelline. So within a year, when I started to work with a brand, when I started to meet uh, wonderful, inspiring people through social media, I started to realize that, okay, social media is actually, it can be a great thing, it can be a great way to succeed, to accomplish, to build my own empire, to even make my own money and support my family and support myself while I'm studying and while I'm still enrolled in university. What was the first brand that contacted you? Maybelline. And when they contacted how did you feel? And was it a bit weird, you know? I was, I was over the moon. I was so and out of the blue, just came out of the blue. Yeah, I got an email from L'Oreal Group uh -huh. uh, that they have a YouTube uh, series, a YouTube show with Maybelline, and they would like to have an ambassador for the Middle East and someone who can who can do the show. So I wasn't even comfortable with the camera. Like, I hated cameras. I 
I love public speeches. I love speaking in the public. I love, um, but in, in in educational field in school, I was a, and I'm still an A student. I love studying. I love anything when it comes to uni and school, but to be dressed up and people doing your makeup and doing your hair and and having a camera and speaking to the camera and speaking to an audience, it was. It was so nerve-wracking, but uh, I had a wonderful team, and I still say that it was one of the best experiences of my life, and I'm forever thankful to it because it, I learned so much. I learned how to be professional, how to be committed, how to work um, as a team. So, Lots yeah. of great skills that you essentially were taking on board at a young age. Mm -hmm. The first time you spoke to a group of people mm -hmm. on the stage in front of them, that's, that's a terrifying experience for anybody. Exactly. How do you feel that, that studying law, graduating as, uh, essentially with a law degree now, mm -hmm. makes, makes you as a brand more credible, more valuable, more mm. um, authoritative? Does it? I don't know. Well, from my personal point of view, I think education does add value to you as a person because when you meet someone that is educated, that worked hard four years to get this degree, then you know that someone is serious, that someone has a goal and has achieved their goal and has worked hard for this goal. They're not just someone who is laying on a couch doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So I love my degree. I would want to take it further and do masters and PhD and teach uni at uni. But at this stage, I would want to focus on social media and, and and being a social media figure because it is the the it time for it now and it's better to use it. Do you think until it will, do you think days. social media will die or do you yes. think it's here to stay? You think it will die? Yes. What do you think will replace it? I'm not sure, but just like how we had magazines and traditional media before, like T V and radio, now we have social media in a couple of years of course we'll have another platform. And when you when you when you look at the platforms that exist nowadays, we've got the standard ones that everyone mm. knows about, and then you take something like TikTok, mm. which used to be called Musically, and you see the the, the growth of uh, an app like that. Mm -hmm. are, are you always considering the new apps that are coming along and how you can be exposed on them? I personally use TikTok, and Do you? Uh, like my kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I. I don't really like to engage in other platforms because I already have my own following and my own established empire on Instagram and Snapchat. Uh, but I do like to try other 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 apps. But I think so far, um, Instagram is is taking over everything. My youngest daughter is seventeen, and I had her on my show one day mm. last Christmas, actually. Mm. And we were talking about her using TikTok. Mm. And I'm like, why don't you use Facebook? And she mm. said, Dad, it's just so complicated. And it's what old people use. I don't even have Facebook, you know? <laughs> I don't even have Facebook. I have a Facebook page that is run by my fans, but I don't have Facebook. Do you, you're, you, whatever you want to describe yourself as, mm. if we take the facts, mm. okay, you've become a business person. Yes. How do you feel about being one? So I think being considered a business person is because, of course, based on me publishing a book, which is also kind of a business, mm -hmm. um, having my own brand, working with brands, generating an income from that. 
I like it. I love it because I think it made me consider myself more mature and more responsible. I'm just, I'm not a 20, an ordinary 22 year old that just graduated from school and has nothing to do, you know? So I, I have responsibilities, I have commitments, I have contracts. Yeah. I have people that work behind me and make a living behind me and I have a family to support and I have people to support. It's, it's a beautiful feeling yeah. because you get and you give back. Tell me about mum and dad, because you said at the beginning of our conversation that dad was, you know, conservative and mm. traditional. And mm. guess what? That's pretty much the norm for most dads, mm. particularly when they look at their daughters and what they're up to. You become Definitely. even more traditional and Definitely. more, you know, I, I do with my daughters is like, you did what? Everyone else can do it, but you two can't. So when Protective. you look at, yeah, you look mm. at that relationship you, you, you had with your dad and the mm. frustrations that maybe he felt at the beginning of this journey, no, he's still frustrated. Is he? Is he? <laughs> oh, okay. So, so he doesn't look at it now and say... No, so now he would tell me, for example, he's more understanding, of course, because, you know, it's not his generation. Yeah, Come tell a 50-year-old or 60-year-old that Baba's social media is actually a career. To him, it's, it's either you're a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer. Baba social media figure is actually a job that can make millions. It's actually a, respect, a respectable uh, job. He's still protective as any father. He cares. He has a fake account on Instagram. He goes and he reads the comments. And, he has and a fake account to check what's going on with your comments. Because he doesn't have Instagram, so he has a fake one. So whenever I see a comment with like, with no picture, like a whatever name, like fighting with the followers, like shame on you. She's a very good person, and he, he's, like he's not even cursing. You know, he's like very, like a nicely yeah. structured sentence to the haters. I'm like, this is my father. Block, and he would go and have another account, and he would call me, be like, Baba, delete this comment. Baba, why would you post a picture with a mini dress like that? You know, girls are not supposed to be dressed like that. Baby, don't do that. Don't do that. So I love it and I love that he cares and I try as much as possible to, to go along with him and, and to show him that I do respect his wishes. At the end of the day, he's my father and I'm, I'm no one today without him. You know? I think that, um, you, yeah, if I talk about my mum and dad, so my mum's 74, my dad's 74-ish as well. My mum is refusing to get old. So she, she won't have it, she won't tolerate it. She's, uh, she's Instagram crazy. Uh, she knows how to use it and she knows everything that's going on with Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. My dad, okay, has the accounts because my mum set the accounts up for him. Mm. He doesn't really understand it. Mm. So he spends his time writing inappropriate comments <laughs> on people's posts because he thinks his comments really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't match it. And I look, I look at the, 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 the kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm 49 years old and you're, you know, a generation easily younger than me. And then you take my parents' generation. And I think that it's easy to assume mm. that they've kind of, they've, they've rebutted it. They've mm. said, this isn't for us. Mm. But when I see my mum mm. being as obsessed with social media as she is, I'm like, you know, you're, you're with the times, you know, you're moving with the times, you're accepting what's out there. When you look at your followers, mm. Are they all young people? No. 
So, you know, now with the new updates on, on social media, you can actually see the, the, the ages of, of people that are following you. So, mm -hmm. no, I, I have mostly are young from the, the biggest uh, category is 24 to 35. But uh, no, I, I, have, I have a lot of young ones, a lot of old ones. So. A lot of people would, would want to know how you, you grew this audience because it's... I don't know. I, I know, I know. <laughs> You've already mentioned that. But for a lot of people, mm. growing this follower number is yeah. like a really important thing. Mm. And they, they measure whether somebody has some form of worth based around the number of mm. followers they have. Now, we see that Instagram are changing some rules mm. at the moment with mm. regards to likes that are showing up. Yeah, they, they want to remove the likes. Remove the, and they have done in a few countries already just to test it. So it's being tested in Australia right now. But you know, it's all, I think it's a business strategy by Instagram. I'll tell you why. Because when the likes are not there anymore and the people cannot like it anymore, you will get less likes. You can see the likes if it's on your page. You can see it, but people cannot see how many likes you get. But I mean, you won't be encouraged to like a picture if there is no likes there. You won't care anymore. Mm -hmm. The brands care about the likes. The brands come and approach um, influencers not based on the following uh, number. because. Mm -hmm. It's worthless. You can buy mm, followers. Absolutely. You can buy likes too. But they care about the engagement, how mm. many comments and how many likes you get. So I think it's just a business strategy to try to cut down on whatever people are making through Instagram. So as an entrepreneur and a successful young business person, as mm. you are, in a very kind of like cool way, how does LinkedIn play a role? LinkedIn? Okay, I had LinkedIn and I still have it. No, LinkedIn can help me, I think, in a more professional way, but I don't think social media fits there. I do have a profile there with all my like career achievements, the jobs I got, the internships, yeah. where I studied. But I don't really get any business through LinkedIn. I would get it, for example, oh, are you interested in getting an internship for this law firm? Are you interested in getting this marketing position, whatever, in this company? But I wouldn't get brands approaching me through LinkedIn. They approach you either through Instagram, like, hey, we want to collaborate with you, or through your email, because you put your email address on your bio. But I don't think LinkedIn has done anything for me. I'm sorry. And is that, is that maybe because you've sold yourself on the fact that you've got great results from Instagram, so it's the better the devil you know as opposed to maybe the devil you don't? Because the way that, that LinkedIn works at the moment is mm -hmm. how Facebook worked 10 years ago. The, the organic reach is much, much bigger. Mm -hmm. And all of those brands that you talk about have CEOs and managing directors mm -hmm. and presidents of those mm -hmm. organizations. And, and all of those brands have corporate positions that are filled within them. And mm -hmm. all of those people use LinkedIn too. So you are right, but the fact is, the reality of what's going on right now is that brands look at your pictures, how well you're doing on social media, and they approach you based on that. Because the brand wouldn't care how well structured is your LinkedIn if you have 2,000 followers on Instagram, mm -hmm. let's be honest. Mm -hmm. like, so the brand, when they see on Instagram, this influencer is doing great. This influencer has a great sense of fashion. This influencer is, um, for example, in LA now, and we have an event coming up in LA. So they, Instagram is easier, and it's, it's, it's more of a, 
a daily platform and let's say spontaneous and, and more closer to, to a human. LinkedIn, I think, is more professional. You, everything you post is well studied of, right? I think that what I've learned is that uh, on Instagram, people leave much shorter comments. Mm -hmm. On LinkedIn, when people comment on something that you produce, then they, they, they give much longer form responses. Mm -hmm. So if I take a video that I've created, like a one minute micro we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier, if I take a one minute micro on Instagram mm -hmm. and then look at it on LinkedIn, the, in, the engagement on LinkedIn is more detailed. Because mm -hmm. there's none of this thumbs up because fires and yeah, that's the great. category of people on LinkedIn are who? People, I think, who are well educated, people who can you. speak in a, in a certain way. That's you. It's, no, it's a certain category, I'm serious. Because Instagram, Instagram is open to everyone. Everyone can have an Instagram profile and you can add anyone, you can comment on anyone. LinkedIn, on the other hand, even if I go right now and I, I wanna follow, for example, this person, it doesn't allow you unless you have certain interests in common, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of governed by some kind of policies mm -hmm. and um, not anyone can write a long comment and, and can discuss whatever you post on LinkedIn but everyone can look at a picture and say okay I like it I dislike it you look good you're horrible so Instagram what do you is think when, when you create content when you look at um, Im images and then you look at video content what do you prefer to produce and do you have a strict content strategy or you're kind of shoot from the hip type of girl? So, what not everyone know is that I don't really have a strategy. So I, I post whatever I do on daily basis. Why? Because I was busy with school. So when I was busy with school and I was abroad, um, I became famous because I was this inspiring girl who is Middle Eastern, but she lives by her own and she studies law, she does aviation on the side, and she's a social media star. But now that I graduate and that I have to take social media more seriously as a business, uh, as a business I think I should do more of um, well-planned content and, and have a strategy for it. But I, I still do think that we should maintain a spontaneous uh, part of it, and we should still be real and too much strategy and too much planning makes your content lose its its human mm. part of it's it personal exactly and it, yeah. at the end of the day remember you became famous because people loved you as a human people felt that they can relate to you whether you're a young girl you're a mother you're whatever you are so Unfortunately, a lot of people forget that, so they, they start to get engaged too much in, in paid content and planned content and in social media as, as a business that they forget their personal touch in, in, in their content. It's brilliant, you know, when you think about it. You became successful in terms of your numbers uh, without planning. You shoot from the hip with your content to keep it organic and real in terms of how it feels. Most people on this planet that are trying to work out how to get all the sides of the Rubik's Cube in the right color relating to social media are digging deep to try and understand what is their own internal algorithm, regardless of the social mm -hmm. media algorithm, to, 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 to make this work. 
you know, people say to me, and my numbers are obviously aren't anywhere near as big as yours, but people say to me, you're everywhere, okay? Mm. You, you don't stop producing content. And I get up in the morning and I'll have a sing and a dance, and I'm a terrible singer, okay? But I'll sing on the way to the gym in the morning. And there's people that say to me, yeah, but that content, you shouldn't really produce that type of content. And I'm like, says who? Says who? Because there's people out there that are like, if I don't do it, they're like, where were you this morning? Where were you at five o'clock? You're supposed to be singing that song on the way to the gym. Mm. So I find being as real as you possibly can be is, has really great positive impact. Because people don't want to follow a robot. They don't want to follow Siri, you know? Um, and one comment, doesn't matter what number you have on social media. Yes, I do have three million followers, but I don't really care about the number as much as I care about the, the, the kind of people that are following me. If I have 1,000 people that follow me, that are inspired by me positively, then I am happy. If I can make a change of 100 people's lives, then I am happy with that. So you shouldn't care about the number as much as you care about the quality of who is following you. And about the video when you're going to the gym, I think it's nice, I think it's positive. A lot of people, Bear in mind, they're not maybe as lucky as you. They might not have what you have. You might see it as a, like a normal thing, going to the gym. A lot of people can't afford to go to a gym. A lot of people can't even leave their houses. A lot of people are not as happy as you were that morning. So seeing you and looking at someone else's life going well for them, they might make them happy, mm -hmm. they it might inspire them to get up and, and do work to afford going to a gym or to afford having a car or to afford being happy. Mm. So no, post whatever you think is cool and is... You, you, you speak controversially on a few subjects yeah. and that clearly hasn't, hasn't come from strategy either, that's come because of how you felt in the moment about that. And there's people that have criticized you for that. And mm. I've lived here in the Middle East for the last 15 years. I was here as a youngster as well. So yeah. I feel I know this place quite mm. well. And I understand the, the, the difference that you, be, you have, and the, mm. whether it's a benefit or not, the difference you have in the UK or in the, in the United States mm. to be able to say exactly what you want, mm. just like Donald Trump has done over the last <laughs> few days, <laughs> much to everyone else's complete shock. Mm. Um, when, when you have your feelings about certain mm. issues and you share those feelings mm. do you give any consideration okay so i grew up in kuwait and in kuwait we have freedom of speech and of expression as a constitutional right so it's something that is uh, is there and we, we were born with it and we are living with it so i was raised in a society where everyone can just say whatever they want and moving to the U.S. is the same thing, and then living in the U.K. is also the same thing. They all promote the same kind of freedom, that you are allowed to say whatever you think is right, as long as you don't hurt others. Um, but I didn't consider, or I didn't know that, okay, you are Kuwaiti, you do live in the UK, but because you have followers that are from all around the world and from, are from certain con um, conservative societies, you're not supposed to really just say whatever you want. Um, 
the opinions I, 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 that were very controversial, I think what you meant is my political opinions. Um, I said it because I thought it's human and that it's right, and I didn't really mean any harm by my opinions. And the opinions I said were out of love um, for the region I grew up in, um, and out of, I believe that um, artists are not supposed to be um, politicians and they're not supposed to be forcefully involved in politics and that art should be a message of peace and should, should bring together countries and nations not to tear them apart. I suppose, so, I suppose when you think about it though, you, with four million followers now, hmm. you have the power to influence Exactly. A lot, a lot of just, and something you could say, even without thinking of it, just something off the cuff could influence people. So you also have the power to give such positive influence to people mm. as well. But even though that message is positive, and I still think it is very positive, it's backfired. Because bear in mind, you're dealing with a lot of people that maybe are not educated, or maybe they're not as open-minded as you, or you're dealing with certain nations with certain laws that are not allowing their people to speak up or to give their opinions. So that made me think and, and, and know now that whatever I say on social media when it comes to religion, politics, um, and society in, in general should be, should be studied should be thought of mm -hmm. well before because it can't can backfire it can make you lose a business at mm -hmm. the end of the day because uh, a lot of brands will boycott you and will stop working with you because the last thing they want is a controversial figure that works with their brand it's interesting that you say that the last thing they want is a controversial figure mm -hmm. but naturally okay mm -hmm. some of us i'm one of them mm -hmm. says what's on my mind and says what i think and has, has no fear in that and because i naturally do that that makes me controversial and if you see my video content online i'm i lean into being controversial because i i, I don't want to be vanilla mm -hmm. i don't i you know out of 100 people there's 30 people that are going to hate my guts yeah. There's 40 people that they can see a piece of shiny paper and that's more interesting to them. And then there's 30 people that are like, yeah, we love Spencer. Mm -hmm. And it's those 30 people that I really care about. Exactly. The other people I couldn't give two monkeys about. Mm. But if I don't have a way of deciphering who those people are and I just everyone falls into the same mold, then I have no way of positively measuring but also impacting people. Mm. And so when you think about what you do, four million people that follow you most of them are like yeah right on your head that's a huge number of people that think what you've got to say and what your opinion is mm -hmm. and how you live your life is actually a pretty cool thing no and i also have a lot of haters because let's put the political opinions yeah, on the park, side park that that's not relevant yeah my lifestyle is controversial but i i don't fake it so the politics, yes, we should put it on the side because it's not my field to speak about it. Sure. But um, the lifestyle itself... Um, what, successful entrepreneur, law graduate, um, <laughs> Thank independent... You. But Middle Eastern Muslim that lives in a country without a man, even in our Islamic religion, it is not allowed. And so the traditionalists? Yes. 
which is so for, again a percentage of the population it's not everybody exactly so a lot of people see me as this girl who is controversial who's not live who's not giving the best impression about muslim middle eastern girls for me i don't care what i care about is that i give the best impression about not only muslim and middle eastern girls any girl in the world any woman that we can achieve we can be so many things in a young age without a man if we go back to them to the Middle Eastern kind of Muslim um, uh, idea. So I, I love what I'm doing and, and I, I wake up every day because I, I know I inspire a lot of young girls and I don't have any problems with having haters that hate me for doing me. I think you're doing a pretty good job to be honest with you and you Thank should you. be very proud of yourself for all of the things at such a young age that you've achieved. You. It's certainly inspiring talking to someone who's as driven and focused and as accomplished as you. Crikey, you're 22 years old. I feel like I'm talking to Thank someone the you. same age as me. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to spend some Thank time with so me on the show. Okay, me. I really enjoy the fact that you've just been really open with me. Mm. And uh, yeah, my one being Hussein. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for coming much. on the Spencer Bush podcast. You. Thank you.